You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The Dear Friends of the Dear Friends Podcast may be experts on musical theatre, but they are not behavioural experts, and their advice should always be taken with a grain of salt. Their theatre recommendations, on the other, those are pure gold. Without further ado, the Dear Friends Podcast. Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom. And anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends. Hi, I'm dear friend Emily. I'm dearer friend Christy. And I'm dearest friend Jess. And welcome to Dear Friend, a write-in advice podcast for the musical-minded. And we're back from our summer hiatus. We're back to it. We're back. We're ready for the fall. (laughs) Yes, I can smell pumpkin spice lattes in the air. What did I miss? What did I miss? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Did you guys have anything insane happen over the summer? Like, wow. Like... (laughs) <laughs> I went on a road trip for the first yeah. time since 2019, I suppose, since before all the stuff. Uh, yes, I did a bit of traveling um, for work to um, Las Vegas and Florida and managed to avoid getting COVID in both those places. So vaccines work, congrats. get them. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, yes, yes. We're all vaccinated. Are, are we Hell all yeah. Pfizer buddies? I'm Moderna. Um, I'm a yeah, Moderna I'm, and I'm man. A I'm, you know, the rare J&J. So we've, I got, we've got, we've got, oh, we've got, got one here. This is great. We're, we're all very different human beings with very different vaccines in our bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> mm, coursing through the, my veins. Yes, I feel it. I can feel the, the Pfizer. Um, <laughs> how about you guys? If you got like vaccine reaction stories, come send it to us. We send us as much stuff. We don't we just want more stuff. And you know what? In our break, we got sent a lot of stuff. So how about we dive into the stuff we were Ooh, sent? Ooh, I love it. Let's do it. All right, are we ready? Emily, do you want to start us off? Our first question comes from JRL, and he writes, Dear friends, I recently spent some time in a place to better my mental health and realized there are a lot of mental breakdowns in musical theater. (laughs) Two-part question. One, what is your favorite mental breakdown song? And two, what is a song that helps you calm down? Still loving the pod. You guys are great. Heart emoji. Aw, thank you. We love you, too. We love you, Jarrell. And if you look behind me, um, people on our Patreon, we got basically all of his art around me. Woo! This is all Jarrell. This is incredible. Oh, it's so cute. He he really makes me look better than I do in real life. <laughs> yeah, he's good at that. I like how Emily is like, yeah, yeah, he does. No, for <laughs> me, he does it for me, too. When he does, like, art of me, I'm like, I'm like wow, I'm looking great. <laughs> I mean, you you both always look great, so... <laughs> Um, this is a great question. Emily, why don't you go first? Like, dive into it. Well, okay, mental breakdown songs. I'm assuming we're talking about musical theater mental breakdown songs. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you. I, I think the ultimate go-to everyone would think of would be um, Rose's Turn. Absolutely. Um, like, to me, that's kind of, you kind of can't get much better than that. Um, I, I would say one that comes really close also is And I Am Telling You, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not going. <laughs> I agree with both of those. And I feel the, the difficulty I had with this song when I'm thinking about it is all the obvious choices are the Sondheim ones. Like, I'm sure. Tr- he has a lot of mental breakdown songs. Epiphany, but, that's a mental breakdown song. Yes. Um, uh, Le- Could I Leave You? That's a mental breakdown song. Um, mm-hmm. All of. Uh, so yeah. many good ones. Getting Married Today. That's a very good one. Yeah, Um, yeah. I guess I've got one serious and one kind of not so serious uh, Mm -hmm. series would be Epiphany from Sweeney Todd. Definitely. Uh, You know, fantastic, you know, uh, turning point solo. And then not so serious would be Bride's Lament from Drowsy Chaperone. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes it just feels like there are monkeys dancing around you and clashing cymbals. Yeah. And I think I'm really trying to stretch beyond Sondheim. And the one that comes to my mind, because it is a slow mental break and you can kind of, you don't quite know when it happened, but by the end of it, it's like, you're just stunned, is It Just the World from Fun Home. That is a very intense mental breakdown song. 
Yeah. And yeah. one of the best songs in that show, Michael Cerverus, um, when I saw it live, he was incredible. But I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a bad performance of this song either. I feel like that's the truth for a lot of mental yeah. breakdown songs if you actually understand the material. Yeah. yeah. And me being the way I'm wired and because I'm wearing my shirt, I got to go with the act one finale from Phantom. Because that's, oh, yes. yeah, that's, that's just like, okay, this is where it goes from, you know, kind of crazy to, yep, he's lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. who are you, weird man who lives in the freaking yes. opera house? He might be a little off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he might not have, he might not have it he all might together. Not be all you know? there. I yeah. was also thinking, um, little girls from annie um you know Cameron I, Diaz. I, yeah it's great oh, <laughs> uh you know i <laughs> played miss hannigan you. and you definitely have to have a little bit of a mental breakdown during that song yeah. especially with those actual like so many little girls actually running around me and just <laughs> I, was like, I, I kind of do want to kill them they were lovely lovely you children, know but... yeah i don't care how much you love kids there are times <laughs> when they drive you insane because they are yeah. kids <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh, and then what was the second part of the question it was what is your what is your a song, song that helps you what calm, is a calm down? down song? Okay. That's a good one. That's actually much Ooh, more a difficult yeah, question. It's, the the breakdowns I mean, are much more fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's like a personal thing for each of us because yeah. for me, my my comfort music is the, the music I grew up with, really. So like um, mm -hmm. if I want to be – and I think that's kind of – isn't that the rule? Like once you hit your – late 20s early 30s you kind of just stop getting new music and you just like listen to the same stuff yeah. and oh so, no i'm about to get there yeah. am i stuck don't, listening to no don't worry forever? it's totally fine it's a totally normal uh well i never understand dua lipa uh, you might not there's a lot of music that i don't understand nowadays yeah but, so my comfort stuff is kind of going to like like, you know, the the late 90s boy bands or some yeah. good old Britney. Like, just I, I put on, like, a 90s pop playlist, and I I usually get in, like, a, a really good good mood. I would have to say, I would probably say Music Man, especially any of the barbershop quartet pieces. You know, you know no matter what I'm feeling, you know, I hear a little lot of Rose, I'm home again, Rose. And it's just like, oh, yeah, everything's cool. That's yes. a great one. I agree. You that have to sway when, you, when you're singing Lighter mm -hmm. Rose. Fun story about Lighter Rose. That was like an actual calm down song I used when my grandmother died, where that was just like something that we shared. Oh. And I listened to that and I was just kind of calmed me right down. So oh. I agree completely with that. But the one I tend to find... I go to more recently is a specific recording, which is kind of a lame thing. Um, but Jason Robert Brown orchestrated uh, Stephen Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George, and his orchestration for the song Sunday is <laughs> the <best>. Sorry. <laughs> the, it no, is the best version of it, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I think it starts like near pitch silent and then grows into a, like a wall of voices. It is mm -hmm. probably my and favorite just, version. You of know that. that beautiful impressionistic, you know, um, tapestry of sound. Yeah, like Jerb it, it, Jerb is good at that. Uh, you know, you want to piss off a pianist and a accompanist, hand them some Sondheim or some Jerb at an audition. <laughs> they'll look up at you like, "Thank you, thank you so much for this." Yeah, I, really I did worst pies in London. <laughs> I did worst pies in London for a church cabaret several years back, and our poor choir director was like, "I'm just gonna do this as best as I can." Yeah. I do have a question to pose to each of you um, mm -hmm. because it was a fight me and my significant other. Well, not fight talk. We were having last night where she's like, ah, think yes, where she's like, I can't really get into Sondheim stuff because all of his stuff sounds the same. There's a specific Sondheim song sound. And she's like, Sweeney Todd's the least uh, Sondheim sounding musical by him. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't agree with that because it has all of his telltale traits like yeah I would but, say you know I can cut you there is a certain Sondheim style yes. but I would I, I wouldn't say that all his music sounds the same you know in the way that you know Lloyd Webber or Steven Schwartz kind of no. tends to sound the same um because you know you yeah. have into the woods which has you know kind of that you know lighter you know Almost Disney-ish, but not quite. Disney has done by Sondheim. And then A Little Night Music is just like this exquisite jewel box of, you know, intricate music and wordplay. Obviously, Son um, Sweeney Todd is grand melodrama, so... Yeah, I mean, he writes... He Every, <clears throat> every composer or songwriter has a style. Like, that's right. first of all, like, of course Sondheim's going to sound like Sondheim. Yeah. You know, yeah. of course his stuff is going to sound similar. Um, but he is one of the few composers who actually can shift his sound for the project 
at hand. Um, You know, Sweeney Todd sounds different because it's based on a Victorian penny dreadful. Like, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to sound Mm -hmm. like kind of Victorian London. If you're looking for the Sondheim that sounds the least Sondheim, I'd have to go with Forum because that's like classic music comedy. Or one of his his shows where he just wrote the lyrics. But then again, you know, Bernstein has... Some Sondheim and vice versa, you know? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, I'm going to pitch this to you. There's a Sondheim sandwich where at the end of his two gradient of his work, you have Forum, which sounds like nothing else he's ever done. And then you've got Passion, which also sounds like nothing else he's ever done. Um, and you've got that squeezed in between all this wacky kind of similar-ish, but very different depending on the project. Passion feels like he's trying to write an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. And maybe <laughs> that's just me being crazy there. No, I mean, it's, I, I know it's your favorite. It's the one I, that I, I, it's the least accessible for me. And that what? might be why. Even more than the frogs? <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, the frogs has a couple bangers in it, man. <laughs> Instructions and invocation to the audience. Fantastic. I haven't listened to it in a while, though. I need to listen to it. I and um, I like the idea, night. I like the idea of the frogs, uh, the original production. Mm. Like, yeah, do it in the Yale swimming pool with Meryl Streep. Why not? Yeah, I mean, Nathan Lane, Meryl <laughs> Streep. Like, Same Z's. <laughs> um, all right. I, did we answer that question? I think we did. And I we think we did could probably just pick and choose, you know, from that playlist we talked about. Yeah, yeah. That's Emily, like, that's, that's your job. Separate, that's almost a separate well, playlist. Well, let's, let's have each of us at least make our like official saying. Okay. Our official so, ruling. All right. So for my official, I'm going with Epiphany for the crazy song and um, Light a Rose slash Will I Ever Tell You for Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, Edges of the World and Sunday. I'm, ri- I'm writing it down. Don't, don't worry, patrons. It's really interesting. Edges <laughs> of the World. Do, I'll do a dance. <laughs> are you following our playlists, everybody? Yeah. I do. Um, I listen to them sometimes. Okay, actually. wait. So it's, it's the specific Sunday, yes? This Sunday it's the, one, the one done by Jason Robert Brown, right? The thing is, he didn't even release it on album. He le- put it on his SoundCloud page. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing in the world. So we'll see if I can get that uh, on Spotify. I, uh, yes. <laughs> and so mine, let's say, um, well, I'll, I'll go with Rose's turn. You got to have Rose's turn. Got to have and, Rose's turn on there, um, yeah. I'll pick one of the 19 different versions that are absolutely on Spotify because <laughs> we, we revive that show on Broadway every every decade, and, are, and I'm never mad like about it. As long as ladies above the never age of 40, 45, exactly. there's always going to be gypsy revivals. Exactly. Okay, I just recently read the screenplay um, for the Steven Spielberg film he was going to make of Gypsy starring Barbara Streisand. It was Richard, written by Richard Legravenos, and it was the first time where I was like, man, I know this is like a perfect book, but y- y'all got to cut some things to make this into a good movie now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, yes, it is, it is the perfect book for stage, but <clears throat> stage and film are two different things. And they adaptation ha- is necessary. And they made the ending even happier than it was in the Ethel Merman one. Like they added an epilogue to the epilogue. Aww. Where I'm like, we got about 20 minutes after Rose's turn with no Aww. songs. What? No. What? No, no, no. Yeah. No one needs that. Yeah. yeah. So no. glad that didn't get made. Um, and then I, I, I don't know. I'll put like a Britney song on there for you for a comfort tune because yeah. free Britney and we love her. And yes. <laughs> All right. Got to mix it up every once in a while. All right, Christy, you want to take the next question? I would be very happy to take this next question because I really relate to it. This Ooh, is this from, person has a great name. Yeah, this is from Jacques Snicket. Again, fantastic Snicket. name. <laughs> yes, and uh, they write... Dear friends, my 79-year-old father is still refusing to get vaccinated against COVID and our relationship is suffering for it. Additionally, he's fallen into the QAnon train, which has been a real pain. No matter how many times I try to tell him, he gets upset and refuses to continue the conversation. I can barely stand to look at him anymore. I already lost my mom to cancer last year, and I'm seriously wondering what to do now. If I could cut him off, I'd honestly think about it, if not for being in the same household, which I will soon own soon due to my mother's will, and kind of needing him to help pay bills at the moment. Any suggestions? First off, Jacques, I feel for you. I'm Um, sorry. You know, we've been there with relatives as well, and it is not easy. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know, you've got to fight ahead of you getting this fixed because... There is, there is a point where conspiracy theory, I think, becomes almost the sunk cost fallacy 
where, you know, you have this option of, you know, you know, still, you know, clinging to it or admitting that you've spent all this time and energy on a dangerous and harmful lie. And, you know, facing up to that is not an easy thing to do for people. Yeah, it's hard because it's not even like you can even like give yourself some space from him because as you said, you're living in the same house. So that's really mm -hmm. difficult. I think when it comes to the the QAnon thing, like it's it, it is like um past the pale a little bit. It is like kind of hard mm -hmm. getting mm -hmm. them back. And to me, the only thing that I I I can really I don't know that might bring about the um <clears throat> seriousness of the situation to him would be distancing, kind of like how you would when your friend is like you know, has mm -hmm. an addiction or something and is, you know, maybe yeah. hitting, needs to hit rock bottom. Like, um, losing you, I would hope, would be something very hard for him. Um, and I'm not saying, like, cut him off or anything like that, but I'm saying, I mean, distance, if it's possible, which might not even be possible, um, yeah. might might be necessary. But again, like, I, 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 I have not had to, like, live in the same household with someone who's that far gone. The closest mm -hmm. is my mom's sister has gone that direction, and um, she's she her her daughter won't talk to her and won't really like doesn't yeah. really let her see her kids anymore and like mm -hmm. she's she's sacrificed a lot for this loony lie mm -hmm. and yeah you were right Chrissy like it's they're just like well I yeah, have to do this now yeah <laughs> yeah not wanting to admit what you lost um you know as far as you know kind of helping him you know see the light as it were. Um, a really good uh, resource I found is uh, Beau of the Fifth Column. That's the French spelling B-E-A-U. He's a journalist, former military guy. He does like about two videos a day. They're seldom longer than 10 minutes. And he's, he's actually, um, you know, had people come to him and said, you know, I showed your videos to, you know, my families who are like really on the Trump train and really into the QAnon stuff. And then they were like, man, I'm sorry. I did not think about it like this. But, you know, mm -hmm. I think why he That's works cool. is, first of all, um, he he's rocking the redneck aesthetic. He's got the beard. He's wearing the trucker hat. He's doing these videos in his shed. Uh, really thick southern accent. But he's also got this. He's also, you know, very real, honest talk. He's not afraid to, you know, address, you know, those QAnon talking points instead of just dismissing this. OK, OK, let's break this down and actually think about what you're trying to say here. And um, let's see, I also, you know, <laughs> kind of lost where I was going there. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I think some people, it's as hard as it is, some people do not want to, you know, won't hear the truth unless they hear it from a white man. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, it makes me wonder, like, does your dad have any people in his life who aren't part of that <clears throat> cult, basically, mm -hmm. who he still has, who maybe you can reach out to like a an uncle, like a, a sibling of his, or maybe a good, a longtime friend or yeah. family friend, like maybe kind of <laughs> intervention with like kind of people who are on the same team, like who yeah. want to help your dad, you know, sit him down to watch, uh, you know, Bo's video. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also do want to say that just because they're your parents doesn't mean you owe them anything. Um, always be aware of that. Just because they raised you or whatever, mm -hmm. you don't need that in your life if you don't want that in yeah. your life. Their um, right to you is a privilege, not a right. Right. Uh, yeah, I was you know listening to another podcast for um, work and... Um, this guy was talking about, you know, how his, you know, he would be talking to his mom and his mom would be getting like, you know, really negative talking bad about people and, you know, things like that. And eventually it got to a point where he's like, you know, mom, you know, if you keep, do you know, if you do that, I'm just going to hang up and we'll call again next week. And he, you know, stuck with it. And, you know, eventually, you know, she was like backed off on it because, you know, she, uh, she realized that that was... <laughs> That was yeah. a non-starter for him. So, you know, maybe if he gets off on those rants, he's like, okay, you know, dad, I can't hear this. You know, I'm going to, you know, go for a walk. I'm going to, you know, go have dinner. Yeah, maybe telling him, like, we need this. I'm sure this is a lot more complicated than it seemed because you are living in the same house and it is hard to just cut out a parent. Um, and obviously you have mm -hmm. a lot of <laughs> issues making it even more mm -hmm. difficult. So maybe even a temporary solution is like dad moratorium on politics. Like we can't talk politics. Right. That's and, almost, and like, yeah. we just can't do it. And so if you want our relationship to survive in any kind of way, 
And if he starts on it, you need to just like leave the room or like just yeah. go away or take a drive mm-hmm. or something. I yeah. will say that I agree with that. And that's a good the lack of vaccination is not just putting himself in danger. You're, it's putting that's true. you so... in danger and your friends and all that living in the same household. While, yes, vaccinated, um, say you've mm-hmm. got someone that can't get the vaccine for X, Y, Z reasons. Right. And yeah, are there kids them. around at all? Are yeah, there you say, you know, immunocompromised you people? Like, Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, if you're not doing this, we can't have, you know, we can't have friends over, you know, we can't you know, do this and this. Yeah. And, you and know, feel that- free to pull out the I own this house card. <laughs> yeah, there is that because that is, um, you know, yeah. a, a bit of leverage and I would use that as a last resort, but, um, you know, it is out there. I mean, obviously you don't want to kick your 79 year old dad out of the house no matter how much he's pissing you off, but. And know, yeah, he's going to be the of, most, vul- know, one of the most vulnerable ones too. Mm-hmm. Like he could get it, especially because he's not vaccinated. As, and at his age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I hope we gave you some suggestions. It's yes. so hard. It is hard again, you know, and it's, I wish I could say it's going to be easy. I could wish I could give you three steps mm-hmm. and, you know, you could, you know, cure your dad of, you know, hit this, you know, conspiracy theory rabbit hole, but it's a hard fight, but I think you're, you'll be strong and you can deal with it. Think about, consider, uh, when in doubt, consider your health, both physical and mental mm-hmm. first. Um, you know, are these situations, these confrontations with your dad um, worth it? Um, are you holding on to stuff because, because of your mother's memory? Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot here. It's a very mixed bag, but, uh, when in doubt, you know, if your dad's ranting and raving about anything, like think about how it's affecting you and worry Mm -hmm. about that first because Mm -hmm. we love you. We want you to be okay. Yes. Be okay. (laughs) And please give us updates if things aren't okay. Yes. um, Or we're here for you as that emotional reach, even if we're just going to make you goofy laugh or two. We're here for you, Jacques Snicket. All right, Jacques, you ready for some songs that probably might help? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Um, Christy, you want to go first? Uh, well, I was trying to think of like some conspiracy theory songs, and what I came up with was financial advice from the Scottsboro Boys. Ooh, uh, li- little known, but very good Candor and Ebb musical based yes. on a true story. And, you know, it's all about, you know, kind of twisting the way uh, what somebody is saying to fit your narrative, which in this case is that, you know, you're just changing your testimony because this rich Jewish lawyer bought you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, great choice great choice um mine is about like the the loss of innocence and the parental connections and how someone can slip into a different mindset over time despite all things and mine is if he walked into my life to um if he walked in my life from mame yeah good one yeah um that's a great song it breaks my heart and it's really the emotional through line of such a great musical that not a lot of people talk about because the movie's real bad <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a recording with Christine Baranski. It's much better than the movie. Watch that. <laughs> um, Angela yeah, it's such Lansbury, a beautiful song. People. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there were more clips of Angela Lansbury. There's like oh, a there's, really terrible bootleg. But there's her doing it. Bosom Buddies with, with B. Arthur, B. Arthur on YouTube, yeah. which I watch oh, yeah. like once a week. <laughs> And if you want a good breakdown, our friend uh, Tommy from Musical Theater Match did a comparison of why Angela Lansbury is better at MAME than Lucy ever would be in like <laughs> very, very deep detail. So go watch that. That's a great video. Um, Emily, what about you? Um, well, I'm going to go with um, another song about um, <laughs> parental connection, but more from um, the, the, the child's perspective. And that would be uh, the song No More. From Into the Woods, parental disillusionment, repeating the cycles that our parents make. It's all a rich tapestry, and we we just gave you three songs that will, I'm sure, give you a good cry in the bathroom or something. Yes. Yeah, We're I'd helping. For three very different reasons, now that I'm thinking yeah, right. about it. You want yes, an existential we kind of, we, crisis? We, kind of we got the playlist there. I love it you. when we do that. <laughs> Me too. We both take the question our own ways, which is kind mm. of the reason why the three of us are the best ones for this show. <laughs> toot my own horn for a second. Neat, neat, neat. <laughs> um, I guess it's up to me to take on the next one if I'm yes. going in order. Yep. Go, go. 
All right, this one is from Jessica, and they say, Dear friends, any tips for breaking out of the cycle of consumerism? Every so often, I go through an obsession, tea, yarn, nail polish, and an attempt to fill the void within myself. It never works, and it only serves to put a dent into my bank account. Dot, 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 dot. I mean, honey, not to pull out an old chestnut, but we do live in a society. <laughs> I am going to become the Joker. Consumerism is gonna. Yeah, is, no ethical I don't know how to. under capitalism and all yeah. that. That said, that, it sounds like you're you need to fill an emotional need. Um, so I think the first thing you need to do is define what that is and figure out other ways that you can fill it. And, you know, it sounds like the things that you're buying, they all have, like, they all seem to be, like, tied to hobbies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with dabbling in a lot of different hobbies. But mm-hmm. maybe dabble. Don't, like, jump into the deep end. Like, right. you know, d- dabble a little bit. And then if it's something that you keep on doing, uh, um, then, then yeah, yeah, go for it. But, but <laughs> also, like, I mean, I don't know. Thrift stores I, exist and uh, yeah. borrowing and... Maybe if you're not like embracing consumerism in the classic sense where mm-hmm. you're not giving Daddy Bezos all of his money and right. instead you're going to like uh, a personalized hobby shop, a little smaller shop where you're yes. like helping shop smaller shop things. Local. That's, that's exactly. a very good way to use your money. Absolutely. Um, I, I went to to UC Santa Cruz and Santa Cruz, for those of you who don't know, is it's a very, very crunchy town. It is crunchy and groovy and vibey and like very, very um, hippie-ish. Um, and um, co-ops were a big thing in Ooh. Santa Cruz. So, you know, you can all, I, I don't know where you are and, you know, they're definitely not as, com- I could walk mm-hmm. down any street in Santa Cruz. I just took my husband there this summer and I was like, a co-op, another co-op. Like, uh, <laughs> they're kind of everywhere. So that's another thing. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, it's 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 money. It's we have to use it. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to get some of that money back, or go off the grid. <laughs> you could do that. But Live if in a you want to get that money back in a certain way, you could incorporate your stuff. You incorporate your hobby. Then everything you buy, you put into that, and then you get a little bit of that money back if you write it off in your taxes later. Screw the IRS. <laughs> do it. Oh yeah. Then that. every Broadway um, show you pay for, you could just get that yeah. money back later. Make some stuff yeah. with that all that yarn you're buying. Make exactly. some crochet some stuff and sell it on Etsy. Make and a little money back. And, and if it's you know if this is really you know mm. an issue that where you know you're you know having trouble sticking with a budget, um, you know find a financial advisor and talk with them. That's what they're good at. Yes, that's very true. Because <laughs> you know it's I I, I it always sounds like the simplest thing in the world. You know, make more money than you spend, but the practice is always a lot more difficult. Yes, I think it's also um, I think there are times in your life where you can realize that you could do without something for a little while. Like, do you need to, could you go another month without a haircut? Could you go another month with Mm -hmm. that pair of jeans or something like stretching kind of what you have a little bit or going without for like a month or so can help save you a little money. Um, (laughs) I definitely do that sometimes (laughs) during those peaks and valleys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, um, just, just keep track. Yeah. and (laughs) Check your bank account. (laughs) Check your bank account. Do I need Um, the thing? You know, you know, do some internal examination, you know, talk to um, a counselor, you know, if you're feeling like there's this empty, you know, empty space and you're trying to fill it, you know, again, figure out what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about we talk about some songs? I'll start this one because I read the question real quick. And this is from uh, Cinco Paul, um, who we all know as the guy behind Schmigadoon and is wonderful. But this is in his days back when he was at Illumination. And he wrote this beautiful anti-capitalism anthem about (laughs) the darkness of capitalism that they outright cut from the movie The Lorax. (laughs) It is one of the... What's the song called? It's called Biggering, which is... Biggering. Yeah, yes. it was on the album for the Lorax, and it is incredible, and it like is a very dark critique. It un- it's obvious that the people who made the Lorax film understood the book, and then the studio was like, "Can we not? Can we, can we not? <laughs> yes." Uh, the one that replaced it, how bad can I be? It's pretty good, but you know, every like it, every other comment on my video for the Lorax is. Pickering was so much better. Why didn't you bring that up? <laughs> it is so much better. Like, I'm going to read you some lyrics right here um, 
just because I feel like more people listen to this. Um, so he's like, I just wanted to be normal, um, but I had time to reassess my needs and I need a bigger office. I need a bigger chair, a bigger desk, a bigger staff, a bigger hat to wear because I'm biggering, I'm figuring, I'm biggering. And that biggering is triggering more biggering, which is capitalism, consumerism, yeah. <laughs> bad things. And yeah, too dark because, you know, we need to sell fucking Honda Civics with Lorax. <laughs> so okay, gotta yeah. cut that song. Yes. <laughs> All right, Emily, you're up next. Um, okay, so I want I, <laughs> to pick this song, but I'm not encouraging this behavior. So this is do this metaphorically, but <laughs> um, you've got to pick a pocket or two from Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also just think it's a really fun song and yeah. I just I just love it. So but um, but don't actually pick pockets. I'm, I'm saying do it in a metaphorical sense. Um, you know, take. <laughs> Pick Jeffrey Bezos's pocket. How yes. <laughs> you know what? Just Broadway bootlegs. Just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. That's a pocket I'm I'm down to pick. <laughs> All right, Christy. All right. Um, I've also got a disclaimer. Uh, the person who sang this has been in the news a bit recently, and oh, this no. is not an endorsement. Which of her one is it? Oh, which one? <laughs> oh, we got a lot. This is not an endorsement of her. Um, what she did was gross and wrong, and we all know it, but I'm going with I Miss the Mountains from Next to Normal. Because yeah. it's all about that need to feel something, even if it's something bad, and how we sometimes, you know, go about that in non-constructive ways, like inappropriate relationships with our fans, as, an, as a random example. I remember back in, like, 09, we all were just like, isn't she a loon? Remember that peppermint twist thing? <laughs> she's such a loony loon. And yeah. now it's like, oh, no, she's a loon. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, fantastic song. I love it. It's one of my favorite female solos. Um, you know, it's just there's baggage now. And yeah. Um, yeah. Um, on that note, let's move on from the baggage. And the bagage. You know, how about we go into our own form of capitalism? Let's listen to some commercials, guys. Yes, we cannot break the cycle. Even we are trapped in the cycle of consumerism. <laughs> Hey folks, how are you enjoying the show so far? It's been a lot of fun. Christy and Emily got a lot of fun things to say, don't they? I'm just here to ask you if you'd be willing to leave us a review on iTunes and also leave us a rating because we're a brand new show and the algorithm is very much helped by your ratings and reviews. And also, if you could, just send it to a few friends and then they'll send it to a few friends and it's just a pyramid scheme into us becoming the most famous podcast on Broadway Podcast Network. And you love pyramid schemes, don't you? I wanted to give a little bit of credit here in the mid-show. Our theme song was created by the amazing Robin Nash of IOUMusicUK.com. She's amazing, and if you have interest in getting your theme songs made that sound as incredible as that, go check her out. IOUMusicUK.com. And also, our show is an offshoot of Someone Else's Problem, created by Aaron Cholakian and Delaney Peterson, who gave us permission to steal their show format and allowed us to revamp it into what this show is. So thank you to Aaron and Delaney. And if you're enjoying these first episodes and just want more of these advice musical theater content, why don't you check out their episodes? They're still up and running on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all that. Get some more musical theater advice content. And if you don't quite have enough of Emily and Christy, you can find them on their own YouTube channels. Find Emily at Stealing Focus, and you can also find Christy at Musical Hell. They do wonderful content, and you'll learn stuff at the same time. And I also have another podcast called Musicals with Cheese, where I try to show my friend Andrew that musicals are great one musical at a time. And you can find that on the Broadway Podcast Network. And you can catch all three of us on the musical theater Dungeons & Dragons show, Once More with Dragons, hosted by Tommy Nolan of Musical Theater MASH. All right, guys, I think that's all we have to say here. Let's get back to the show! Wow, check out those commercials. Wasn't that great? I'm going to buy like this, and I'm going to buy that, and I'm going to buy the other thing. Man, I, I'm going to go see that show. I'm going to see this one. Oh, <laughs> you have got so many choices. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right, Emily, you want to do the next one? See you up. All right, so this is from someone who is anonymous, um, or they just forgot to give their name. But um, they write, Dear Friends, I recently graduated with a second master's degree, but I have found little success in the job market. I've applied for jobs that fit my degrees and experience as I have six years of teaching under my belt, but it seems that most companies aren't interested or those that do 
or those that do do not pay a livable wage. I'm starting to get frustrated and I'm not sure what to do. Do you have advice on where to look for careers or how to make a resume slash cover letter stand out? More info. I've been applying for teaching, HR, communications, and other similar jobs. Uh, no, but I know that there's like a lot of people who have it, who like whose actual job is to kind of give career advice. Yeah. Um, like definitely there are professionals and websites um, and resources yeah. that you can go to for people who actually can help you yes. have a resume or cover letter stand Lots out. of libraries have uh, career centers um, where they have lots of those resources and they're free. So... <laughs> And I just, I mean, I know times is hard, right? Like it's yeah. just like work is hard to get right now. Um, and it, I guess it, I guess it depends on how long you can ride this out. Um, mm -hmm. Because you do want to kind of hold out for like the real career. But if things get real tough, you might have to settle for yeah. the job that pays a little less or maybe not the dream job just to get by. And that sucks, but like... Yeah, but it's something that... It's a kind of a life, lot of yeah. Yeah, um, my, yeah, yeah. Da my dad, um, you know, always said this is that jobs, every job has a certain amount of bullshit. You just got to yes. figure out how much bullshit and what kind of bullshit you can deal with. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a performing arts teacher. I, uh, I'm pretty lucky because I work in a school district where I kind of float around to different spots, mm -hmm. um, and kind of fill that kind of performing arts teacher role at different schools. Cause I couldn't really do a full day at one school. I'm a choir teacher. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, looking into education, I don't know if you're looking at public schools, but like, I know I get like an email listing like every day with vacancies for jobs for public school educators mm -hmm. or aides or, you know, certificated and classified employees. So, maybe maybe branch out even farther maybe you don't yeah. even, maybe there's jobs are, you're right for that you don't even know yet like yeah so yeah sit down and think about you know what are mm -hmm. your you know what are your must-haves what are your flexibles what are your you know hard no, hard you know hard limits are you willing to move for this job you know are you willing mm -hmm. to you know take a job in a you know similar industry or or area that you're interested in but might not actually actually be you know what you majored in yeah and like um there's always if if you are a, a good employee um and like the wage discussion is a, is a discussion for another time but yeah. um you know my my husband got a job as a temp at um at a business uh, that works um, renting film equipment. He loves it. And he got this entry-level temp job because he was like, we knew a friend who worked there, and he's like, I just need something to start getting by. Now he's got a regular job there because, like, they loved him. And he started learning on the job. And even though he's not an expert at everything yet, they like him so much that they're going to help teach him, and he's going to grow through the job. So even just, like, having that foot-in-the-door job, it might not feel so good mm -hmm. at the start, but sometimes – not all the time, but sometimes if you like it and the people like you there and you, there is the possibility of moving up and mm -hmm. moving into something that fits you better. Um, so, I mean, I would say write it out as long as you can until if you get that dream job, but if you don't like maybe kind of mm -hmm. go for the one that doesn't pay as well, you know, yeah. get that second job to, you know, get yeah. that little MLM gig to fill in the holes. No, no, no. I'm, and I'm you kidding. never know. It could be like a Mr. Holland's Opus situation where that job you um, get just to get by ends up being, you know, your real calling in life. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel you. It's it's hard right now. But the, the kind of one of the, I, I don't know, I don't want to say good thing, but one of the good things about the, uh, this horrible pandemic we lived through is that companies a lot of companies are hiring and especially temporary jobs like mm -hmm. get you through the day jobs you know get you to a paycheck to pay your rent jobs so but I, um, yeah can i try to give a little practical advice real quick never oh. you're not uh. supposed to give advice on this show <laughs> <laughs> um i've worked in hr and i've worked with people that are currently in hr and it is a kind of malicious practice 
But the way that you want to be seen um, through your resume is you got to make it graphically interesting or they're going to throw it away. Um, and it goes through a computer first. So you don't want it to be like an image resume. You want to make sure all the text is readable. Then you want to go to each and every single job posting. Make sure every single thing in the requirement field is somewhere in your resume because they will automatically check for words. If there aren't 100% match words, they'll just throw that resume away. You can't just use a specific generalized resume for each job. you got to personalize it to each job. It doesn't matter if you have all those things put it on there yeah or else you're not even going to get seen yeah. hey it's not just actors who lie on their resume honey yeah. like we all we just a little zhuzh a little bit mm-hmm. i've also found in a cover letter while being professional um it's a fine line to walk but i've always done well when i just have that one sentence or something that kind of gives off my vibe a little yes. bit yeah um that's what crowd. usually makes you stand and not even just like stand out just like oh i remember that girl she mm-hmm. she said the thing about she made a joke about sondheim in her letter or something you know? <laughs> another thing in the more corporate world cover letters mean nothing just make a general one replace it replace things in it that one you can generalize your resume you have to change for every single job you apply your cv keep that the same so those are the three ways to do it cv update as needed resume specify to the job because that's all that people look yeah. at it first and cover letter make it about yourself but try to make it as samey as you can don't spend your entire day like oh i gotta work on my <laughs> cover letter because so most people will not read your cover letter um i'm sorry to say that we will just like skim the first thing okay whatever yeah so you really you could just put anything in there honestly yes <laughs> laura <because Mitsum. laughs> put put a lyric from um phantom of the opera <laughs> I, I will say in my recent cover letter, I did just kind of write whatever I wanted and I got the job because <laughs> I later learned from my bosses. Yeah, we don't read cover letters. <laughs> we just wanted to see that you were willing to put one in. <laughs> see, it's all about yeah, the Unfortunately, effort. that is a lot of job uh, applications is, you know, making sure you will jump through the hoops. Remember, they're <laughs> just as lazy as you are. No one wants to be in a job interview. No one, w- when you're in a job interview, no one wants to be there. So you're there to entertain them as much as you can. You're t- there to make it a bright part of their day, make them laugh because it's a day at work for them. See, Jess has the real, actual, practical advice. Christy yes. and I are like, I don't know, you might be doing this, yeah. you might feel that, and Jess is I, like, yeah, beep, I beep, work, beep. I work for, I, you know, you know, I work from home, and I do like a video show about bad musicals. What do I know about applying <laughs> for a job? <laughs> I, I was in so many job interviews for like my first three years out of college that I, yeah. I went through so many job coaching and interview coaching and all of this. And I've worked with HR people a thousand times where I know all the secrets and tricks at this point where my, much to my girlfriend's chagrin, who puts a hundred percent effort into anything, it's an algorithm and figuring uh, out how to play it to your advantage. Jeez. So all have right. fun. <laughs> Good luck. Everything's an algorithm now. You just got to gain the algorithm. I hear Activision, no I hear Activision your Blizzard life. is looking for a new HR person. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Um, Broadway probably is. Did you see that Wicked hired a diversity coach so that they're not posting stupid shit on Twitter all day? (laughs) I mean, you need to hire a diversity coach just to fix your crappy PR. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Songs, guys. Um I forgot who asked. Was it Emily? That was Emily. Uh, I read it, yeah. All right, you're up first, Em. Okay, I have a few. I think I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do an English teacher from Bye Bye Birdie. Good one. Just because you're a teacher and uh, it's all about wanting that dream job, or at least your longtime fiance's dream job for you. So, I mean, songwriting, where's the money in that? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right, Christy, how about you? I'm gonna go with "I Can Cook Too" from On the Town because that's just Ooh. like that's just like a great resume song. You know, look at how wonderful <laughs> I am. Look at all this stuff that I can do. You know, wouldn't you be so lucky to have me around? And it's listen, a listen to all these double entendres. Yes, <laughs> that that's a great choice too. I'm gonna go with a little more obvious, "Extraordinary" from Pippin, where it's one. about like who wants to work? I'm better than this. Yeah. Which, <laughs> Who wants to flip burgers? I'm entitled to I'm better things. I'm extraordinary. Yes, and it's... Pippin extraordinary. Is a yeah. Um, but I will say that Pippin is a show that frustrates me, but it's a opinion on work class and like happiness is like some of the best parts of it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs that really, really cements that into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love this song and it's great. It's a good one. 
Um, all right, Christy, you want to take the next one? Okay, yes, this is from Caitlin, and she says, Dear friends, I'm about to move on campus for my senior year of college, and I spent the summer doing research on going immediately to grad school for dramaturgy. However, we just learned that my mom has cancer. Both of my parents still want me to finish my school year and then continue on to even more, and I sincerely love being in school. But I no longer can imagine what the next year will look like, and I'm anxious about continuing to plan for grad school. <laughs> uh. Well, um, Caitlin, let me tell you that there is no um, time limit on when you could go to grad school. That's true. I graduated um, the University of Santa Cruz in 2004. I started going to grad school in 2020. Yeah. So grad school will always be there. And the same with college. Um, yeah. You're going through family stuff and you, uh, you have to decide regardless of kind of what your, I know your parents are, you know, they love you and they're, they want you mm -hmm. to keep going and live your life, which is wonderful. And that's wonderful of them. Yeah. Um, but you have to decide what, what's right for you right now? Are, is your mind going to be somewhere else, um, even in your senior year? Right. Um, because of your home stuff? Um, or maybe it'll be good to go away. Maybe it'll be nice to, you know, get out and be on your own a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you can always take a break from college. Always. A lot of times they'll let you, especially if you're approaching your senior year. You know, it, it, they're really, and there's no, um, there's nothing bad about that. There's no shame in that. So, mm -hmm. Um, don't feel bad if you have to kind of put, you know, press the pause button to deal with your own personal family stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you feel like, no, I really love school. I want to go. I don't think you should feel bad about that. And I right. don't think anyone in your family would look, think badly of you for that. Yeah, Obviously the, they want you to go. The so. way I, the way I'm seeing this as a parent is I think they're thinking about your future right mm -hmm. now. They want to yeah. know. Um, that you know okay. that you are you're doing what you love and that you're going to be okay regardless of what is happening on their end so I think that's that's kind of where they're coming from that said she's right you know you've got to you know look after your own interests and your own mental mental health and not just do this because you know mom and dad are saying this is what you should be doing so, you know, I'd sit down and talk with them about this, you know, maybe again, you know, maybe you can tell them, you know, I will go next year, but right now I want to, you know, devote to you and to my family. And I think, you know, I think that would be a fair, you know, a fair compromise for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will say compromise isn't always a bad thing either. No. Um, like I did not go to my dream college because my grandmother was dying and I had to be useful, so I had to stay local. Um, I, things worked out fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it it doesn't put a stop in your life. And I know that you're probably on the younger side. I'm willing to bet. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I am guilty of this too. You kind of think that you have to do something by a certain age, or else everything's gonna fall apart. Yeah. Y your life doesn't end after 29. <laughs> you got a lot of stuff to do. No. Um, it's something you got to come to terms with and know that you're always learning and there's always an opportunity to be found right. later. So never too late. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think Christie's advice is the best. Like really mm -hmm. just talk to your family and then, you know, we can only give you these suggestions. I don't know what you're feeling in your heart. Like what feels right to you? Does staying home feel right? Or does going back to school feel right? Or maybe going back to school and finishing your senior year and then maybe taking a break for a while, taking a breather for a while, living life for a couple of years, being with your family, and then maybe going to grad school. It'll right. still be there. Um, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the world will blow Joe up. Joe Biden says no more grad schools. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think you're in a, in a, it's not a good situation, but it sounds like you have a loving, caring mm -hmm. family who cares about you. And that's wonderful. And the fact that you can all, I think you all can just figure this out if you talk about it. And the most important thing is that you all love each other and that, Whatever you guys choose, you're all kind of in it together. Oh, mm -hmm. send in love right. to your mom. Yes, yes, yes. Love to your entire family yeah. and you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, cancer sucks. Everybody knows sucks. that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, are we ready for some songs, Christy? Yes. Why don't you start us off. Um, 
There is a couple from this show that I think could work, but I'm going to go with everything I know from In the Heights, um, which is, you know, tragically cut from the film. Yeah, tragically cut from the film. But it's just, you know, Nina coming to terms with, you know, where she is and, you know, what her parents and her community has done for her and deciding what to do with that. Obviously, you know, spoiler alert, she decides to go back to college. And I'm not saying that you should do that. But I just love that journey that she goes on and just making peace with, you know, everything that she's been given and everything that she wants to do with it. Beautiful. Um, I think I can only choose No One Is Alone from Into the Woods um, because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen, but you don't have to deal with it alone. And I'm glad you reached out to us, but I hope you're going to reach out to your family and make it a conversation, too. Um, yes. And also that song's beautiful. It makes me cry. So yeah. hopefully it'll make you cry, too. Well, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to continue that theme and uh, going from no one is alone. I want to give you you'll never walk alone. Yes. yes. From Carousel, um maybe even the version in the finale because that is taking place at a um at a graduation. high school graduation. Yeah. yeah. So, uh it's that trepidation of what's next? Uh what's coming? Um mm-hmm. but but you know, you're you're not in it alone you're very lucky yes so yeah mm-hmm. wow that was some great choices guys and for yeah. a heavy question we kept it fairly upbeat and by Yay. we i mean mostly you guys <laughs> <laughs> um let's i'll do the last question all right um, this is from someone who did not leave a name Ooh. um but her question is dear friends I became involved in a D&D campaign over the summer, but I think I want to call it quits. It's not as fun as when I started participating in D&D campaigns three years ago. How can I tell my campaign mates that I need a break from D&D in a way that kind of doesn't slam the brakes on their magical questing? I want a break from D&D. Keep playing without me. (laughs) Yes, the wonderful thing about Dungeons & Dragons (laughs) is how flexible it is. I mean, if your character, like, needs to go off to study magic or, you know, return home to fulfill, you know, an ancient prophecy or, God, I make something up. That is the best thing about D&D. You can make something up where your character steps out of this campaign for, you know, a month or whatever. And, you know, if this is something where it's just like, you know, you just don't want to come back, you know, maybe you bring closure to your arc. Maybe you get a cool dramatic death or something. Yeah, um, but there's and just, you, yeah. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> but there's a great there's uh you know there are ways to bring closure to your involvement in this campaign um and still allow for the rest of your friends to go on and keep doing it without you. Yeah, and 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 also just real real world you guys. You yeah. Know, hopefully these are I don't know if these are close friends or what level this group is, but you know just I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying hey guys you know I I got other stuff going on I'm kind of busy like this mm-hmm. this I I think I have to call it quits just yeah and if they're like yeah. why why just be like it's my own reason you don't have to be like i'm actually really over D and i think you guys are dumb and i hate you just be <laughs> yeah. like i'm dealing with my own stuff i'm kind of busy right now i can't really commit the time i used to and like have fun without me it's great and yeah like do what christy said i can come one more time and you know bring some closure to my character but mm-hmm. if you come at it from a positive stamp i can't imagine they would be like oh and right and feel and, and if and they are maybe that's part of the problem <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and just say, like, feel free to keep going without me. You don't have to stop yeah. because I'm not doing it anymore. Have fun. Godspeed, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe mm-hmm. it's a good time to, you know, invite somebody who's always been curious about it and wants to yes. pop in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, D&D, it's just, it's fun. It's just a chance to hang be. out with people. Yeah, so yeah. if it's not fun for you, don't, 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 do, don't do anything that doesn't bring you joy. I, we, you think especially, we do this for, like, the money? We do it for the joy of it. Especially, oh, like, yeah. recre- especially recreation activities. If it's not yes. fun for yeah. you, why are you doing it? You know, There's this nothing is, wrong this with is it. For, this is for you to socialize. This is for you to you know, have good few laughs, you know, chat, you know, maybe solve some interesting puzzles or think about things in an interesting way. You know, if it's, if it's not working for you like that, you know, yeah, you shouldn't be doing it for, for the moment. And there's nothing wrong with growing out of something. Absolutely. I mean, it happens to all of us. We go through a phase of liking something and then for whatever reason you grow out of it. That's kind of a normal thing with life. You know, yeah. if D and D isn't your thing anymore, that's, totally fine right right you'll be fine (laughs) 
just just don't be mean you know when yeah. you tell yeah. your friends that you don't want to yeah. do not be that you would but kind. Yeah. yeah make it about you like it's not you it's me like make yeah. it like that <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, this was so, so such good answers and also just a good one to end on because it's so positive. But we do we got some songs to spill? Some songs? I guess I have to go first. You go first. Don't I? I go first. Um, uh, this is a hard one. I'm going to go with The Man in the Middle from Terrytown by Adam Wachter, um, which is kind of just about being in an awkward position in general and playing all sides. Um, I just also think this show gives a D&D vibe because of its relation to like The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and like mm -hmm. all those Victorian. I don't know why I think about that show and I think about D&D. So just give, mm -hmm. that, give that show a listen to for yeah, your fall Yeah, there really aren't listening. any D&D musicals, are there? There is a D&D musical podcast. I've heard <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> wonder what happened to that. Yeah. Wonder. Oh, <laughs> uh, where is Evelyn Forte right now? <laughs> can can we speak to Evelyn Forte? Flying right up, now? flying over my Oh yeah, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, James Lipton. <laughs> oh, I've missed her. Uh, <laughs> I've missed her too. God. All right, Emily, what's your song? Okay, so I, I was kind of trying to think of like kind of like fantasy-ish musicals or something yes. like that, and um, I think I think I want to do "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life" from Spain <laughs> a lot um, because um, it does have a little like we're completing a quest vibe, but yes. um, but also like just look on the bright side of life. It's fine. Like look on the bright side. You don't have to yeah. play D and D anymore. <laughs> Also, yeah, uh, Christy, you're up. Uh, well, this is kind of turning into an Into the Woods playlist this week because yeah. I'm going with Moments in the Woods. Ooh. Nice. Um, because it's just, you know, this really great moment uh, where, you know, you step back, where you examine your experiences and, you know, take what you can for them and get ready to move on to the next thing. And then the character dies. We're going to end with a, we're in the playlist with a Joanna Gleason never-ending applause. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, honestly, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's honestly, um, you know, probably my favorite Sondheim solo, just because it goes on from such a so journey good. from where she's like, what the hell just happened to me? She was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm cool with this. I mean, it's a fantastic, dramatic song. <sighs> and I'm excited to see Sarah Burrell sing it in a few months. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. She'll be great. Mm -hmm. She's perfect casting. Yeah. She needs to do theater more. Yeah. She, I mean, Christian I think, Burrell, I think yes. Christian Borrell is the baker. I'm like, that's absolutely perfect casting. Why didn't I think of it before? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. The have you guys seen the Hollywood Bowl production of Into the Woods with Sutton Foster and Sierra Bogus and uh, Sean no, Williams? No, but I remember it went. It was a thing. Like, yeah. I think that's my favorite cast. Like in since the original. Um, mm. Hopefully, this new one will top it. I'm always mm -hmm. excited for new versions of Into the Woods. Absolutely. Except for the movie. All right, you guys. Is there anything else we want to say as we before we wrap this on up? Hey, the movie's not that bad. I saw the Vanessa Williams one with uh, Chad Kimball as the cow and Laura Benanti, who was the only good thing in it, and everything was like a storybook set, and it was so bad. <laughs> and James, like, James Lapine directed Why it, too. Why two wolves? Yeah. Why? Because Chris Sieber was like, I need to be in this more. So. Yeah, because there are two princes, so apparently we need two wolves for some they reason. They also integrated the, the little never pigs. Cut, show up again. They added yeah. the three little pigs to have one of the wolves like go off and follow. So it was like two wolves singing "Hello, little girl." Because I guess I don't know. There were choices made in that production. <laughs> it, oh, oh, wait! The worst, the worst was at the end of on the steps of the palace. They had Jack and Red Riding Hood come out. So she goes, on the steps of the palace. And then and she the goes, belly of the wolf and the, uh -huh, and, the and the giants. And what? I remember sitting, uh -huh, and I remember being like 16, sitting there at the uh. Amundsen and being like, I really wanted to be like, <laughs> But Laura Benanti was made. literally the only good thing in that production. Her is Cinderella. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Who was the baker's wife in that production? Redheaded lady I've never seen. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie something, Kelly, Carrie. She had like a very like Irishy name, I remember. Uh. But Vanessa Williams was the witch. She wasn't like bad. She just was like kind of there. But during last midnight, she starts taking off pieces of her costume. So she like takes her wig off 
And like, it's like she's just like leaving character. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it wasn't a bad choice, but it was a that's, choice. Yeah. It was Have interesting. You, that's kind of interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's in her wig cap going, I'm leaving you alone. You could tend the garden. It's like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that was okay. Have you guys watched the Regents Theater um, production on Broadway HD? Mm-mm. Okay. Which one is on... the Regents Theater one? Um, it's outdoors. Um, is that the, the one, one with like, Amy Adams? Is the narrator? Yes. It choices again. But. <laughs> Are we all on the Ted Lasso train, at least? I, I know one of the creators. <laughs> um, Coach Hannah Beard. Waddingham is a, an incredible actress. Um, she plays yeah, the she... witch in that, and she yes. is my favorite witch ever. Um, she makes a lot of choices that I had never seen before after that. Um, and once again, like she's dragged to hell by her mother, which is cool as That's hell. Cool. Um, she is like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Agreed. Like I, every time I see a picture of her, I'm just like, God, I, I can't imagine anyone looking more beautiful than her. I just can't. Uh, <laughs> yes, but she also gets the humor. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's my biggest problem with Into the Woods, especially The Witch, is they either play it too humorous or they play it too serious. Like Patina Miller, love her. She's great in yeah. Pippin. Terrible witch. One of the worst witches. It's hard I've ever to seen. touch what Bernadette did. It really, yeah, really I mean, you're is. Talking Bernadette's about not that... even like my top three, though. Yeah, but I but... think she threads that. I think she threads that line. She does. You want to talk needle. about that? That you know, walking the line between serious and funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just like you know when she delivers line that line. I'm like, I was just trying to be a good mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... Some of us don't like the way you've been telling it. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so good. You know, mm-hmm. and there and you. They're, the way she delivers it is funny, but they're also very revealing things about the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think she was just a little, a tad too young when that show originally came out, to be honest. How old was she? She looks like late 30s, maybe. And just her relationship with Rapunzel feels more like a sister relationship. I kind of need there to be a bigger age gap for it to really sell on the mother-daughter kind of vibe that they are trying. That yeah, but I really feel like the witch is usually played by someone that age. Yeah. I, I, don't I mean, it's like my I, age. I'm thinking like, well, I think you're still too young to have like a teenage daughter. <laughs> I could have a teenage daughter. I am. Yeah. I, I know people my age have teenage con- You also got to consider, you know, that the witch, you know. She stole does, her. She's, yeah, she starts off yes. as this hag and then the curse is broken and now she's beautiful yes. but who says who's to say how old she is i mean she could be 500 years old for all we know because this oh is i a get it tale. yes i agree <laughs> whereas donna murphy i feel like she threads that line perfectly and hannah waddingham who, like all of them where i th- think bernadette peter still looks 30 years younger than she actually is <laughs> well she just i mean that's she's just she, she, she just looks like she's 30 rid- now she's just aged ridiculously <laughs> yes. well i don't know what yeah. she's got what she's on but we need to sell it it's the same problem with her roses turn where i'm like she just i feel like she could still make it whereas <laughs> someone like Imelda Staunton I'm like I, I get yeah, why you get your it. time has kind of passed which is right. a lot of my issue with Bernadette Peters as Mama Rose I, I I there's stuff I really like about it and stuff I don't like as much yes mm-hmm. and that's okay I like I like making the bold choices about this this is the wonderful thing about art everyone is that like no one <laughs> wins Mama Rose no, everyone just nobody. has opinion everyone just has opinions on you know because that role's been played a million times but we can all yeah. agree that Rosalind Russell lost as Mama Rose. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we can all agree is that we've brought this podcast full circle because we started it off talking about Rose's turn and now we're ending (laughs) it for me! For me! And Jack is demanding cats now from me, How about you guys leave us a review on iTunes? We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, all at the Dear Friends Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dear Friends Pod. (laughs) We all have our own individual Patreons. Um, Why don't you guys promote that real quick for us? Yeah, I'm going to talk like I'm an extreme kid in a 90s commercial, too. Whoa, gushers. Whoa. (laughs) Let's go to Six Flags. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm um, Emily A.B. Clark. It looks like Emily A.B.C. Lark on pretty much all social media. Um, my, My show is Stealing Focus, and it's the... Uh, stealing focus patreon so uh yeah hit me up people <laughs> and if you haven't been watching her schmigadoon breakdowns you really should go check them out as you watch yes they are very very good <laughs> i've watched all of them and i love them all oh, thank you 
All right, Christy, what about your Patreon? I am at Musical Hell on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Patreon. I've got merch on Redbubble and Teespring. Uh, there is some fun stuff coming up in September. Stay tuned. Ooh, Ooh. we got we got sneak peek. You got you gonna give us a hint? Come on. <laughs> no. Oh come on. I'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> you'll learn more. You'll learn more in the next video. Promise. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, I have a podcast called Musicals with Cheese, which is also where our Patreon is. And if you follow any of us on Patreon, you can get the video episodes of these of these podcasts. You don't. You, you don't can see me without be... makeup right now. She <laughs> looks incredible. My God. You know what? They both look incredible. I'm just like the little like go- golem creature coming out like. Ugh. In, with the really good set, though. I do. Like the set does the work for what my face doesn't do. <laughs> um. We're on Instagram at Dear Friends Podcast. Shoot us an email if you're not used to like the Google forms at dearfriendspodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a lot more of those lately, Ooh. I will admit. Our show is an offshoot of Someone Else's Problem, created by Aaron Chalakian and Delaney Peterson, who gave us permission to outright steal their format. So we love you, Thank our you podcast, podcast moms. moms. Yes. <laughs> Um, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? For me! For me! Get your vaccinations! Get vaxxed. For me! Get vaccinated. Yeah. For Mama oh. Rose. Do it for Rose. <laughs> <laughs> or else she's going to yell at you and emotionally abuse you. Mama's gotta go! Mama's getting vaxxed! Mama's in the house! <laughs> we'll see you next time on Dear Friends! Bye-bye! Bye! Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom. And anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.